Hey there, audio listener, Michael here. While we're waiting on Travis to get adjusted, did you know that his favorite food is cheese? Yes, believe it or not, Travis's favorite food is cheese, especially Gouda cheese, that smoky concoction that just makes your heart smile. Goudazilla. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael Hamburger and French Fries. God, I missed you. (laughs) I I missed you, man. I did not realize how hard it was to conduct a uh, review podcast on my own. Like, I'm just... Yeah. Thank God you're back. (laughs) I know. It's like you finally see how much work goes into this podcast. How much stress goes into it. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like because I have my own little show that I do every so often and it doesn't feel like that because I don't but I don't do a whole lot of editing to that. So I'm just like it's sort of just long form conversation. But with an episode with episodes like we do, it's a little bit different. Um, Mm -hmm. And um Forgive me for last week because it was a little chaotic, not to name names or anything. <clears throat> Nathan. Um, and uh, no, it's fine. We we had a good time. I will say that in your absence, hopefully we had a good time. And I really want to say thank you to uh, Kaiju Kim, uh, Kim Hogue. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you to Nathan and Elijah for stepping up and helping me out. Um uh, during your sabbatical, during your much-needed podcation, uh, but yeah, man, I'm I'm really I'm really glad you're back. Yeah, yeah. I for anyone who hasn't been listening to the last few episodes, um, I was I was planning on taking a break anyway. I was planning on taking a two-week break, but it ended up turning into three-week break because uh, my area that I live in was hit by a hurricane, and so uh, I was without power for a week and was without internet for longer than that. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to, to record. So I'm so glad that, uh, Kim was able to fill in for me, uh, at the last minute for that. And then my, uh, two week break that we took after that. Cause I was like, yo, after dealing with no power, no running water, no internet, I need a break. <laughs> right, I feel you. And I was dealing with a little bit of, I was dealing with some life stuff too. Um, but, and I was just, and I was just happy to get the break myself, but, um, but yeah, again, you know, thank you, Kim, for, for stepping up because I've had a pretty, I've had a good response from folks that have listened to that episode and, uh, where we covered just the Godzilla franchise as a whole. Um, and again, thank you, Elijah and Nathan for helping me out. Uh, two very good friends of the podcast. Um, and I can't go without mentioning, you know, we did throw our listeners a curveball this past Wednesday and we pulled one out of the archive, which have, I have gotten some interesting responses on too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah not- if, if you're new to the podcast and you started listening to last week's episode, it, 
hopefully you're still around because last week, yeah, the quality is not quite there uh, that we're at now. And I mean, we're not like the highest quality podcast to begin with, but ah, uh, man, come on. <laughs> we've definitely come a long way since uh, since those early days. I mean, that was that was recorded in 2017. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it took a, it, it's we've come a long way since then. Um, but yeah, so we're going to get into our episode. We're going to talk about a Godzilla movie because we're still in November so it's still Godzilla month but before we do that we need to talk about some news items all right let's cue the beady beady cue the beady beady and yeah I've got to get back into my podcasting groove I've been I've been out for three weeks and I need to get my groove back all right stretch those (laughs) legs man yeah and do some podcasting laps on us (laughs) Well, the first bit of news that we're going to cover is our own personal kind of news, podcast-related news. Um, We are announcing a project officially here on the podcast uh, that we have been working on behind the scenes. And if anybody follows our social media, you already know about this, but this is the first time really announcing it on the podcast. And that is our magazine, our fan magazine that we are putting together. Wait, what project is this? Yeah, I know you've you've kind of you've kind of fallen off the boat on this one, huh? <laughs> Left it all to me. <laughs> no, uh, so we have put together a fan magazine called Kaiju Ramen, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to be Kaiju Tokusatsu based, but it is going to. Uh, we're not going to be authority on the movies or behind the scenes stuff with the movies. We're more focused on the community and having just fun uh, articles that involve the Kaiju fandom. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the type of thing what we're doing. Um, It kind of, it came about because so many people have been kind of um, uh, let's just say uh, upset we're not going to go into detail um with uh another magazine that is deals with kaiju related stuff especially godzilla related stuff Mm -hmm. uh and was upset with some of the things that the that the uh editor and publisher of that was doing and so we decided well let's create an alternative Mm -hmm. so yeah, the goal of this magazine is to kind of you know provide entertaining, interesting, and insightful articles, uh, but without any kind of bias or any kind of agenda. Mm-hmm. We are just trying to celebrate the kaiju and tokusatsu fandom mm-hmm. and uh, have fun with it. So yeah. it is going to be a quarterly magazine. So every three months we're going to publish it. And the first issue is going to be published in January, but we're going to run a Kickstarter for the magazine to help get it off the ground uh, next month in December. Yep. And like you said, this is not going to be a replacement for uh, that other publication, but just an alternative. Uh, Yeah. Because, you know, we, we want to, we also, we, we are fans. And so we want to make a magazine that is geared towards celebrating the fandom um, uh, just the people with, especially, especially the people within the fandom, because we have tasked, uh, a lot of our friends to come in and write these articles with us. Uh, there's some really interesting ones. I know, uh, Chris McDonald, uh, uh Chris McDonald at, uh, from, uh, Gargantucast. He wrote a, a really fantastic article about, you know, 
the fandom in the days of COVID. So that should be out in the magazine as well. Uh, I know our friend Sam is writing a really interesting editorial on Anguirus, uh, which I'm looking forward to people reading as well. And I'm mm -hmm. working on, I think that we've only got a couple more pieces left. Uh, the main cover needs to be finished, which that's on me. I know it's on me. <laughs> and my uh, written interview with Henry, the host uh, about his fan project apex. And so, yeah, those are the last two, I believe, remaining items, if I'm not mistaken. I've been a little bit out of the loop the last couple of weeks, and you've really uh, stepped up and powered through this thing. And so kudos to you, man. Yeah, yeah. And we've even got a short story. I put in quotes, oh. short story from Danny DeMana, <laughs> uh, because Danny, uh, even though it's a short story, sent us an eight-page long story um but it's still it's great it's great uh so yeah there's so many fun things there's gonna be other articles and other things in there too um so you guys will mm -hmm. see a preview of it uh along with the kickstarter coming up soon we haven't launched the kickstarter yet we are going to launch it at the beginning of december so uh, we will keep you guys informed on that. But yeah, it's exciting. Kaiju Ramen. And if you want to follow, the magazine has its own Twitter page. It is at Kaiju Ramen Magazine. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you can follow our social media at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter to uh, stay updated on it. Because I've been posting periodic updates on everything. Yep. As it, yeah, it's all going to be good stuff. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, like I said, it's a, it's I going into it. Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't realize how much work goes into putting together a publication like this. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is definitely a trial by fire for the both of us. And, uh, so far it's been a pretty good experience. What little bit I've been involved in what you've been working on. Mm -hmm. It seems like you've been having a lot of fun and, oh yeah, uh, we're going to, we're going to feature a lot of our friends and some, some new and old friends of ours. Um, and hopefully people just enjoy the content. That's really all that matters to us. Yep. Yeah. So because we took a week off and we didn't cover any news last week, we have two weeks worth of news to cover, which is still not a lot because there, you know, with COVID still going on, there's not a lot of things still happening, but we do have some news to talk about. So uh, the first yeah. bit of news is Subaraya has announced a new Ultraman 55th anniversary project in celebration of Ultraman's 55th anniversary in 2021. Subaraya Productions is planning a whole host of new films, series, events, and merchandise for fans to enjoy. And we haven't gotten any more details than that. That is just the only, that is the only details we've gotten on this. My thing. question is, how much more Ultraman can we tolerate at this point? I know. We've already got so many Ultramans, you know, things coming out that it's like, because this week we even got the new, um, what is it? The uh, um, uh, uh, ultimate uh, 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 conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, Ultra conspiracy. conspiracy. Yeah, something like that. Um, the 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 YouTube um series, the 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 yeah. online series that started the mini. Yeah, and Z is and Z is close to being is close to coming to an end at this point mm -hmm. too. So we've got we've got that we've got both of those series running in tandem. Yeah, uh, both on YouTube and apparently in 2021, Subaraya and those lovely people uh in there are not slowing down. So. That sounds fantastic, but I don't know how much more we can try to keep up with at this point. But 
I'm willing to try. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to try. Uh, I mean, new films, new series, new events. Like this is just, I'm hoping that one of the new series, uh, or at least one of the series that's mentioned here, uh, is going to be the season two of the anime because that was supposed to have already come out by now and it hasn't it got delayed along with a lot of other things so mm. hopefully they've been able to work on that and they'll be able to uh put that out speaking of being delayed uh this recording should have been our first impressions of godzilla versus kong Yes. Just throwing that out there. Yes, it should have been. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the second episode of this podcast where we were supposed to have already seen Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. We should be sitting here right now giving our first impressions on Godzilla versus Kong because I would have probably went and seen it either Friday or uh, Saturday. And uh, same with you. Mm -hmm. But due to a little thing called COVID, um, that is not to be. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to dwell too much on that. Just throwing that out there. It was supposed to come out on November the 20th. Um, yep. So, and, uh, so, so well, yeah. a little bit of news that went along with that is because the, um, the art book, um, was oh, supposed yeah. to have come out this week too. And up until just a couple of days ago, they did not have, that rescheduled like they didn't they didn't have that uh, a new date put on that so everybody was like is it going to come out is it going to spoil everything uh what's going to happen and then at the last minute amazon target a bunch of other uh places you know said no it's it's delayed it's delayed until further notice so well i checked this morning mine still says uh uh waiting to be shipped is what it says. It's just, yeah. That's just all it says. So. Yeah, they're just delayed until we know for sure when the you know whenever. So uh, in, in indefinitely is what, what the word they use because there's no defined time. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, so so that's a bit of news. And uh, speaking of anniversaries, we also have the 55th anniversary of Gamera. And Ooh. Katakawa, the uh, company uh, that that has Gamera, the rice to Gamera now, uh, has announced that Gamera, the 55th anniversary project uh, to celebrate the the monster's 55th anniversary. There are multiple things that are planned with probably more to come. Uh, two of them, uh, which tie into each other, there's the release of the 4K Blu-rays, which we have mentioned on the podcast already, um, mm -hmm. of the Heisei Gamera trilogy and the Showa uh, era um those those blu-ray the blu-ray sets um as well as a special screening of 1995's gamera guardian of the universe in a limited cinema release so uh yeah and and there's more things planned for next year we're so next year looks like it's going to be the year of ultraman and the year of gamera and if godzilla versus kong comes out next year like we're hoping it does we'll have that. So it's just like the year of Kaiju, like all year long. Mm -hmm. It just seems like there's going to be Kaiju yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I'm now would be the perfect time for someone to say, yes, we are now working on a brand new Gamera movie. Mm -hmm. That would be the perfect time. If anyone, if anyone at Warner brothers, if anyone at Katakawa, anyone who, who I know listened to this show, by the way, oh, I know those. Obviously. Yeah. They, 
they they all listen to this show. I know they do. Um, if you're hearing us, please, please give us a new Gamera movie this year or something Gamera, something brand new. Re-releasing some of these Heisei trilogy movies in theaters, that's, that's great because they're awesome, but... I really want something new. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been rumblings online of a possible Gamera anime series. Uh, I would even take that at this point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anything, anything new would be great. We love Gamera and we want some new content. Um, but speaking mm -hmm. of animes, uh, so you and Kim got to talk about Godzilla Singular Point, the big mm -hmm. news about that, that anime series. Um, uh, my, my, I never, didn't get a chance to share my thoughts on it. My thoughts are I'm excited for it. It looks fun. I'm, I'm yeah. pumped for it. Yeah. Um, but we do have a bit of news on that where, uh, Bandai will be making figures for the Godzilla singular point, singular point anime, uh, according to a new graphic on the Bandai Godzilla toy information website. Uh, we don't know when these figures are going to come out, uh, and what, style they're going to be in uh we don't know anything uh but we do know that bandai does is going to be releasing some singular point figures and that's yeah, exciting. we should start seeing we should start seeing stuff like that probably i would i won't say i it's too late in the year for to for them to show something now i think we probably will see maybe product images like february when does this when does it come out may or april um it comes out in april, april right? i think yeah Okay, so we'll probably start seeing some stuff, product images, eh, February, March, or no, maybe January. I'd say January, uh, because we've got a we've got a few, um, um, oh God, what do they call trade shows? We've got some trade shows and stuff coming up at the beginning of the year where mm -hmm. all these companies like Bandai, X Plus, and some others come together and they show off all their products, or at least what products they're going to be uh, giving us, like the first part of the first half of the year in 2021 so you know we've already seen a few things but nothing singular point related yet right i know it's coming yeah and speaking of um some of those uh um collectibles i i my brain just went <laughs> blank there my brain just went absolutely blank oh wow no it's it's fine it's fine you're a little rusty i get it uh, uh but yeah speaking of that stuff we did have a super festival last weekend last saturday i think mm -hmm. where you know x plus bandai star ace and some others showed off their new product lines for all the godzilla and kaiju goodness that's coming in the first half of of 2021 um, I'm not going to go in detail with all this stuff because there are product images. Just Google, uh, super, uh, was it super fest? Yeah. Super festival, uh, X plus, and you'll find everything there. Yeah, I if think you go to, uh, um, kaiju battle.net. They have a whole article ah, about it with all the pictures and everything. So that's a good place. That's where I get a lot of my information. So yep, kaiju battle.net. I know the guy who runs it fan, Michael Farah. He is awesome. He is awesome. Anything you need to know about upcoming collectibles and products that are giant monster related. He has it. If he doesn't have it there, he will have it there. Uh, if he updates his site pretty, pretty quickly mm -hmm. after any kind of trade show or anything. Oh yeah. So, yeah. He is, he is really quick. Yeah. Just a couple things of note, uh, probably a couple things that I'll be picking up in 2021 as I trim my collection. I know I said I'm trimming my collection just because running out of space here at, at, Alp, at Outpost 304. <laughs> um, 
and probably I'll be picking up a gi- the gigantic series 54 because I'm a sucker for the uh, Shodai Goji, um, the Sarazawa Defo Reel. The I'm I'm on the fence about the Defo Reel Biolante, uh, although that looks really nice. But I am definitely definitely going to going to maybe purchase something out of the Harryhausen collection, especially that new beast from 20,000 fathoms. Oh yeah. Uh, figure that star ace announced. Yeah. Oh, that my Redosaurus. God, that yeah. Ooh, All of those look just amazing. If I had the money, Oh wow. I would buy every single one of these, um, Harry just, Oh, they are so gorgeous. Um, well, that's what, that's what credit lines and payment plans are for my friends. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That ain't <laughs> happening. Um, just, uh, just, just looking at the Harryhausen ones, just for a second, the, you mentioned the Redosaurus, the Redosaurus looks great and, mm-hmm. and you're right. And, and I mean, all of them look great, but mm-hmm. look at that Kraken from oh, the oh, Clash know, of the Titans. Right? That thing, A, is massive and B, just looks absolutely gorgeous absolutely oh, it gorgeous does. yeah it, it absolutely does it's huge too mm-hmm. like i'm i'm like i'm like who i i i probably realistically i probably will not be getting the the only thing out of the harry housing collection i will be getting i'm on the fence about getting the cyclops but i definitely will probably grab the redosaurus just simply because it is the it is the monster that inspired godzilla 54 mm-hmm. yeah um so I'll probably be grabbing that guy depending on what the price point is. I'd say it's probably going to be ah de- de- maybe around two to three hundred. Just depends on what the what kind of price point they want to lay on it. Um, but you're right, that kraken, that kraken is huge. It's got that is a that is every bit of a forty centimeter figure, mm-hmm. and that thing is massive. Yeah, uh, and it's going to come with a massive price tag. Oh yeah, but. For for people who are into this, the Harryhausen collection is something that X Plus and Star Ace specifically has been getting into uh, in the last couple of years. And I'm glad they are because I really think that just the I, I, I really have felt the same as sort of what Danny has said, that the the Harryhausen films and things have just not been get have not been given enough love over the years. And. I'm really, really happy that that companies like Star Ace are doing these things because it feels a whole, I feel like, uh, in this in this genre, in this fandom, especially for collectors that have been missing for a long time. And uh, a couple other things that I'm super impressed with are um, the Talos. I'm oh, guessing yeah, the, from yeah. the Talos from um, Jason and the Argonauts. Um, Yes, thank you. Jason the Argonauts. That looks like an impressive uh, figure as well. Uh, the Ymir yeah. looks like they're go- they're coming out with a Guanji mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, they've got um, uh, they've got Guanji. They've got um, and coming soon. They've got a couple of ones from uh, some of the other Sinbad mm-hmm. movies. So like um, yeah. the I can't remember it, but it's the it's the the Indian god of death figure uh, or um, oh yeah that, with the sword right yeah that's coming yeah. soon uh, so yeah they've got a lot just oh man so much coming and so much planned um, the only thing we have a price on right now as far as these are concerned is the Cyclops um, yeah. from what I'm looking at it has a price tag currently of twenty nine thousand seven hundred yen 
which is about two hundred ninety dollars. Uh, it's something. Yeah, it's something like that. I'm on Awesome Collector right now, and the price point that that Cyclops is running because they have they have three different versions: the 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 EX, the DX, and the I can't remember what the third tier is, but the uh, the regular version will come in at around $189 and mm. uh, the special edition, which comes with the base and the two sailors uh, fighting the Cyclops mm -hmm. that, that starts at $239, $240 respectively. Uh, and that is from awesome collector, which is where I get uh, all of my stuff from because Jason oh, okay. Welling is an amazing guy. So right. um, I may link it in the show notes. Uh, if anyone's interested in this Cyclops, it's up for pre-order right now. looks like it's still as a time at the time of this recording, it's still up for pre-order. So you can still reserve yours. Uh, I think what the, re I think the release date on this guy as of right now is April, 2021. So there's still time. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about the Cyclops. I know I'm going to grab the Redosaurus, um, but I need to probably make a decision on this Cyclops uh, pretty soon before it actually sells out. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what 2021 holds, but I will probably um, not go as nuts with the collecting this year since I said I'm trying to scale back my collection a little bit and uh trying to put some funds towards some other stuff like my wife going back to school so yeah yeah that'll be fun yeah <laughs> uh the only thing that i might be able to afford that's within my range is the deferial uh version of the redosaurus that they have Do there it, man uh, it, Do it. Uh, if I, if I can, I will, but I don't know if Do I can, it. but yeah, it looks great. Uh, all of it's so great. So yeah. And they, yeah, defo, we, we defo reels are not that bad. They're, they're anywhere between like seven, I wouldn't say anywhere between $70 to a hundred dollars respectively, wherever you grab, wherever you decide to get them, which, you know, if you want to break that up, they also, if you want to break that up into a payment plan as well with Awesome Collector, they'll, they'll do that. Cause I've, I've, I have placed orders for Defo Reels. Now I have canceled orders for Defo Reels too, just because those little chibi figures are not something I want. That's not a rabbit hole that I want to go down. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, I want to focus sort of on the bigger stuff, but, uh, the more bang for your buck kind of stuff. But yeah, those Defo Reels, Oh, the, the Harryhausen Defo Reels, like the Harryhausen Cyclops and the and the Redosaurus. Oh, man, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, there were so many figures in this um, at this uh, Super Festival. Uh, I mean, we, we, we didn't even talk about any of the Ultraman figures that were uh, oh, featured. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just it, it's it's amazing the stuff that is coming out in 2021. So if you yeah, guys are interested. Mirror Man. Mirror Man of all things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's really, I thought that was really random. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the, the old school, um, Savenger, uh, Savenger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The old Savenger from the seventies mm -hmm. from, I think what is it? Ultraman ACE is when Savenger showed up yeah, for the first time. I think so. Okay. Either Ultraman ACE or Ultra it, seven. One of those. I don't think it was Ultra seven. Was it? I don't think it was Ultra seven. Okay. It must have been ACE. I, I can't okay. remember the, all the show Ultraman all blend together at this point. <laughs> But yeah, there's a there was a they're focusing on a lot of other tokusatsu and stuff aside from just the Godzilla franchise, which is great. I mean, for people who who aren't maybe into Godzilla but still love tokusatsu and still love giant monsters, I mean, these these are great alternatives for those folks and I'm happy that I'm happy that they're coming. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, just the, the final bit of news that we're going to talk about uh, just briefly is the new Godzilla store in Osaka in Japan has finally opened. We've been hearing rumblings about it and hearing about it for a while, and it has officially opened. Um, mm -hmm. They have taken precautions for uh, COVID, uh, so you know every, they're they're have a strict mask policy and you have to stand six feet apart uh, within it. But we have images online. If you guys want to see the images, you can check out Kaiju News Outlet on Twitter. Uh, he has been uh, sharing a lot of the the pictures on there and it looks fun. I mean, I wish I could go to any of the uh, of the two yeah. Godzilla stores that we have right now in Japan. So, uh, they look There was fun. a uh, pop-up store a few years ago in Houston, Texas. Uh, I want to say I don't remember what year that was, but I remember seeing that somewhere online that there used to that there was at some point a pop-up store in Houston, Texas. Oh wow. Uh, a Godzilla store, but I I honestly if you're going to if 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 I ever make it to Japan, uh, that is definitely where I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Toho. I'm going to go to Katakawa if I can, and I'm going to go to a Godzilla store and just go nuts. Um, so obvious. And hopefully, hopefully if I, if I'm able to make it to, J if I'm able to afford to go to Japan, I don't know why I wouldn't just stay at the Godzilla hotel. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. Really? In Shinjuku. I mean, it's, it's sort of a, that's sort of a no brainer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, one more thing that I'll uh, mention here about the Godzilla about the Godzilla story is there was a, a funny little video online the other I think it was yesterday is when I saw it of the uh, the Miragoji uh, doing a little bit of shopping inside mm -hmm. the Godzilla store, which was a lot of fun. I thought that was kind of a funny little video, and they've been posting things like that. And and the Godzilla store has all kinds of statues and 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 suits on display, and it's just a really uh, it looks like a really fun place to go if you are a Godzilla fan. Yeah, definitely. And uh, there's uh, at the train station uh, there, I think it's uh, at the exit that you get off of if you're going to the Godzilla store um, in Osaka. Uh, so somewhere close by, I don't know. I don't know locations in Japan. I've never been, so I can't tell you exactly where, but uh, there's a train station there that, that has a 1954 uh, Godzilla uh, statue that was mm -hmm. put up um, as a part of the marketing for this new Godzilla store. So that's like, it's just, it's really, it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like yeah. Disney world for Godzilla fans. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm just, I just wish I could be there. Yeah. Yeah. Same. All right. So that's it for the news and uh, Daisy. If you guys hear any noise in the background, uh, it is Daisy because she is wanting a lot of affection and will not leave me alone. So <laughs> oh, that's that sweet, baby. Yeah. Well, mine are being mean. I don't know what they're up to. So <laughs> at least yours is actually being good. Yeah. Uh, good is, is relative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for anybody who's new to the podcast, we like to ask trivia questions at the end of each of our episodes to hint to the next episode. Uh, and the trivia question you asked a couple of weeks ago when you had Elijah and uh, Nathan on was mm -hmm. King Kong versus Godzilla is the first movie first Godzilla movie to be shown in color but which Godzilla film was the first to be shown in Dolby stereo and we had a few answers uh, we'll go ahead and get the giant monster BS guys out of the way Godzilla versus shoving my grandmother down a flight of concrete stairs Interesting fact, it was also the first 3D movie ever made. 
yeah, that's kind of dark. That's kind of dark. It, 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 like you, we're so used to getting Monster Zinc from them that it's like, whoa, whoa, kind of dark. Um, do we need to re- do we need to report those guys for a for an assault crime? I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh. uh, allegedly, I mean, let's just say allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, okay, an alleged crime. That that know, that way, those guys we are protecting ourselves re- legally. We are we are safe. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, I know those guys have a really dark sense of humor, which I love, but yeah, maybe pushing it a little bit. I don't know. But thanks again, guys. It's always a lot. It's always fun when you guys uh, pop up in our uh, trivia questions. Mm-hmm. So uh, Justin Baker sent in Godzilla versus Biollante, I think, uh, is what is what he said. Um, close, but not quite, Justin. But thank you so much for sending in an answer. Uh, then we have the funny answers. Uh, Nathan from the Monster <laughs> Island Film Vault sent in Godzilla versus THX 1138. And, you know, it's so funny that I don't think younger people, younger than us, would even get that. Because you don't get the THX 1138 in front of movies anymore. No, no, you don't. Um, I don't know if I, have I ever been to a movie that even has THX in front of it? I don't think so. Uh, I'm probably sure I've seen one. Um, I mean, but it, 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 anybody, Nathan, you, anybody growing up right. in the 90s and, and 80s and all that time, that you would know from the VHSs that you put in because it's that, it's the, the, Yep. <laughs> Nathan, you are you are really showing your age there, my friend. <laughs> um, then we had Jimmy from NASA who said, "This is Godzilla Tap." I love it. It's a reference to "This is Spinal Tap." It's such yep, so great, it <laughs> so great. <laughs> love it, Jimmy. <laughs> love it, Jimmy. Uh, Thanks, Jimmy. Then we had Damon Noyes who said, "I believe it was Godzuki Dookie Do Night of the Toad Terrors." <laughs> that jazzy riff as all the kaiju who are running madcap between the hallway doors is toe tapping. Solid gold. So he sent that Godzuki in. Godzuki Dookie Do, how are you? We got some. Yep mischief to do now <laughs> i don't know where i'm going with that but okay so uh damon sent that in on facebook but he also sent in on twitter uh so i see you i see you damon double dipping with with these uh-huh, uh-huh. uh he sent in a minya beach party a go-go <laughs> You know, I can see Minya with a little beach hat and the little, like the old, like 1950s um, bathing suit style, mm-hmm. like the striped bathing suits with his little, with his little yellow hat, just dancing away at a, at a beach party. Yeah. From like a, like a Frankie stuff. Avalon type beach party. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now on, now that's showing my age. Um, no, <laughs> that's, no, that's just showing you are culture. That's just showing I'm aware of things that came out before my time. <laughs> um, Kaiju conversation. Uh, Elijah uh, sent in Yeti, a night at the opera. <laughs> I love oh all of these like reference to old, older things that are just so great. I love it. I love these like references to to other things uh and then nick blackler one of our favorite 
favorite uh, correspondencies, corresponders, whether however you want to say it, uh, commenters uh, sent in Godzilla and the Mothras live at Fillmore East 1972. The record was killer, but finally getting to see them play the hit rubble under my feet, fire in my heart was amazing. <laughs> Nick, so creative. I love it. Could you just Im- <laughs> could you just imagine Godzilla as a as a lead singer with the little with the go go dancer Mothra's uh huh yeah flanking? yeah singing rubble yeah. under my feet fire in my heart <laughs> rubble under my feet rubble under my feet and fire in my heart <laughs> I was gonna say that, that sound almost like the 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 words get stuck in my throat. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So that's a subconscious. That's a- <laughs> uh, we have we have done way too much singing on an episode uh, that has nothing to do with music. <laughs> it's true, but the question itself did mention stereo, and I do uh, appreciate a, a good. Um, I don't consider myself an audiophile, but I do appreciate things that sound good. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, the actual answer to uh, the trivia question was the return of Godzilla, a.k.a. Godzilla 1985. Uh, uh, I was going to say which came out in 1984, but it's like, well, it's called 1985. <laughs> uh, True. No, yeah, it came out in Japan in 1984 uh, and was released in America in 1985. Uh, the cast and crew list, it was directed by Koji Hashimoto, special effects by uh, Toyoshi uh, Nakano. Casey, stop, 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 dumb cat. Um, starring... She wants to... She wants to read off the cast list. I know. Though. Here, Daisy, go ahead. Read it. Kid Tanaka. Yasuko Sawaguchi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could do that for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yosuke Natsuki. Kaju Kabayashi. And Kim Push something. Samasuda. Or not. Satsuma. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's it's Kenpachiro Satsuma. Satsuma. I know the Godzilla, the guy who played Godzilla yeah. in uh, this movie. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was terrible. I'm sorry, audio listener. If that's if that makes it in, which I'm sure it will. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, so the plot breakdown for this movie is: reporter Goro Maki or Maki is investigating a ship where all except for one man were killed by sea lice. After attacks on a Soviet submarine, they come to the conclusion that a new Godzilla is back. And after 30 years of being dead, he is back to destroy Japan all over again. So, uh, dun, dun, dun. we did not mention. And, and that's because of the version that I watched. And so I, I was the one making the notes. But we didn't mention that one of the cast members is also Raymond Burr for the American version, uh, reprising Correct. his role as Steve Martin from the original 19, uh, or from the American Godzilla King of the Monsters. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you watched you watch the Japanese version, and I watched uh, the 1985 version uh, because there are some, there are 
part there are people in the fandom who prefer 1985 over the return of Godzilla mainly because of some editing and some pacing things that it solves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, let's get into some opening thoughts. Now I uh, hold on one second. Let me let me adjust my I'll cut all this out. Hey there, audio listener. Michael here. While we're waiting on Travis to get adjusted, did you know that his favorite food is cheese? Yes. Believe it or not, Travis's favorite food is cheese, especially Gouda cheese. That smoky concoction that just makes your heart smile. Goudazilla. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> that might be the cold open. Um, so let's let's get into some opening thoughts on this movie. Um, so I thought going into this movie, I thought I had seen the Japanese version. I mean, mm -hmm. I've seen this movie a few times, you know, over the years, and I thought I had seen the Japanese version. Uh, watched the Japanese version this week and realized I've never actually seen the Japanese version. I've only ever seen the American version. So this was my first time watching the return of Godzilla and not Godzilla 1985. And that was now, something very. Now let's be clear. You have never seen. Okay. So you've, you've never, when you say American version, because there is an American dub of the Japanese version, but that version does not have Raymond Burr. Right. The version I've always seen had Raymond Burr in it. Okay. All right, because that's the one that was on television a lot growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's the one I had on VHS. Um, I I thought at some point I had actually watched the Japanese version, you know, mm. separately, but uh, apparently I didn't because when I was watching this, I was like, I've never seen some of these scenes. I've never seen this movie without Raymond Burr in it, I realized as I was watching it. And I've got to say, while I've... And 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 I know I'm going to alienate a lot of Godzilla fans. Godzilla 1985 has never been one of my favorite Godzilla movies. It, it has been pretty low on my list. Watching the Japanese version, I actually really enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Because, like I said, growing up, growing up watching this movie on VHS and on TV and everything, I never cared for it that much. Because as a kid... I liked the Godzilla versus other monsters. And this is just mm. Godzilla. There's no other monsters. So to me, it was always right. boring <laughs> as a kid. Mm. Uh, and then as an right. adult, I just, for some reason, it never connected with me. Um, but watching it, watching the Japanese version this week, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so what are your opening thoughts on this movie? Uh, okay, so again, I want to say that I watched 1985 because I figured we would compare and contrast some things. Mm -hmm, yeah. uh, but I have seen the Japanese version. I have watched it uh, because the Japanese version was not easy to find for a long time. Um, it was. I want to say it was not until um, maybe Kraken released it on DVD that we were able to actually see the the actual Japanese version of Return of Godzilla. So... I went many years without knowing that one even existed either. I just, you know, I just assumed that the version with Raymond Burr was the one that existed. You know, same thing with, with the 1980, uh, not 
1954, uh, 1954 Gojira. I always just assumed that, um, you know, my in my naivete, that the only version that ever existed was the one with Raymond Burr because that was the one that was on TMC and AMC all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but my opening thoughts are: is I like the movie, like I like 1985. It does it does it suffer from some of those uh tropiness at does it have some tropiness uh of the american action genre injected into it at weird parts yeah Mm -hmm. uh especially in especially in some of the dialogue with with some of the military guys that's that for the people that wanted to say that King of the Monsters from 2019 had some cringy dialogue, oh boy, you've never watched Godzilla 1985, have you? Um, and I wrote down I wrote down a few things in my notebook, but I did not put them in my in the digital notes. I may pull them out in just a second, but uh, one of the things that I really like about the 85 version is it does solve some pacing issues that I had that I have with the Japanese version. Specifically, it shortens the it shortens the battle between uh, Godzilla and the Super X down to down from like eight minutes to like maybe three minutes or something like that. So it shortens it significantly. Uh, it also shortens some of those scenes where uh, our protagonists are running down the stairwell. We don't spend as much time there with them, which is which is I think is a, a I think is an issue that maybe Alex and Eric brought up in their review of Godzilla 1984, Return of Godzilla. So, um, and also there's some edit, there's some selective editing that's done in the 85 version that makes a little bit more sense, uh, specifically in some of the initial rampage scenes where Godzilla uh, comes into Tokyo and in the 85 version, they're projected on television screens, like the, like the American military are monitoring the situation. But in the Japanese version, we see them happening in real time as, you know, as we're watching it with everybody else. Mm -hmm. Also uh, in the in the American version, um, the crowd uh, during that super X battle, that low angle shot between the super X and Godzilla, the crowd is edited out. Uh, mm-hmm. to make it appear that Tokyo is actually been evacuated. Whereas in the Japanese version, there's this crowd of people still hanging out there at the bottom. And that was something that always bugged me about that. Um, because we're led to believe that obvious that we're led to believe that Tokyo has been evacuated. Right. But well, at least all, they were in all, the middle of evacuating when Godzilla attacked. Right. Uh, but that, you know, just some selective editing, that was done in the Japanese version or that I'm sorry, in the American version that I think helps it. Um, there's the, obviously the, you really can't talk about this movie without talking about some of the cold war stuff, like the conflict, but because we're seven years when this movie came out in the U S or when this movie came out in Japan, we were seven years removed from the cold war conflict between the United States and the allies and Russia. Um, uh, in a cold war conflict and the reason, and you can go and I, I'm not going to go into what the cold war actually was. It wasn't actually, they call it, there's a reason they call it a cold war. Uh, if you're interested Wait, in that part of history, seven, seven years removed from, from it starting seven years. I'm sorry. Seven years removed from it ending. Yeah. And, uh, I forget? Yeah. You forgot okay. to say, I was like, I was like, uh, it started in the fifties. So that's more than seven in, years. Uh, yeah. It started in the fifties. It ended in 91. Right. So this movie came out in Japan in 1984. Right. So we're 
we're seven years away from the Cold War being ended. So um, what's interesting in the American version, though, that's not necessarily prevalent in the Japanese version is the the, the Russians are made out to be the bad guys. Right. Like they are the bad guys in the American version. Whereas uh, in the Japanese version, it's sort of like, human error Mm -hmm. that's what it's seen as yeah well not only that but you also have um the americans are portrayed more um in a positive light in the american version than in the japanese version where they are they uh, pretty much the americans are on equal footing with with the soviet union in in this they both um they both have their reasons for wanting to use nuclear weapons against godzilla and they both have nuclear weapons ready to go and that was kind of cut out of the for the american side that was cut out of the american cut um the Mm -hmm. the scene of an american nuclear satellite so yeah Mm -hmm. it's it, it is interesting seeing the cold war portrayed as an American, as growing up in America, seeing the Cold War portrayed in a more neutral light than what we typically get, which is the you know in a lot of the films um, from the era, uh, I, which it was not neutral at all in 1985. It was right. There was a clear distinction between the Soviet Union, the Americans, and the Japanese. Right. And let me ask you about this because while I'm th- while I'm thinking about it, and this can pro- this is maybe this is one of my likes. Um, I really like that that conference between the Japanese Prime Minister, the Americans, and the Russians. Um, I just liked how stoic the Prime Minister. He stood his ground. Like he was not going to back down from the pressure, from the political pressure to use nuclear weapons, which I think is a, I think that comes up a lot in Godzilla films, Mm -hmm. but it was extremely obvious in this movie where, you know, the Soviet union was the Soviet union and the Americans were definitely like, look, let's just go ahead and nuke this thing and be done with it. And, but the prime minister is saying, no, you guys don't understand what that actually entails. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to take our, we're going to, weigh this out and we're going to take our time. And I think that's a really interesting, like you, he doesn't say much, mm-hmm. but the fact that the prime minister is, he is portrayed in such a way that he is having obvious internal conflict mm-hmm. on what to do is really interesting and well done. Yeah. Uh, Keiju um, Kobayashi is the one who plays the prime mm-hmm. minister and he, he is the emotional side to this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I know we have the two lovers, you know, Maki and um I forget the other character's name. Um and uh it's Noaka something like that. Uh the 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 sister's Noeko? name Noeko. Noeko. Yeah. Yeah. Um and uh so you you have some emotion there, but the real heart for this movie in both versions is the prime minister. And, oh, definitely. And just like you said, how stoic he is. He he doesn't react um, rashly. He doesn't react emotionally. You can see the emotion on his face, but he doesn't react that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's just taking everything in and processing it, and then he's going to give an answer 
So letting, you know, the, the Soviet Union representatives and the United States representatives uh, speak and then just sit there quietly and then discuss it with his cabinet and then come back. And yeah, you're, you're right. There is, there is this interesting point that he makes of uh, dropping a nuclear weapon in Japan is not as simple as it would be anywhere else because we have a history of it <laughs> like we it has happened to us before so you can't yeah. we can't just say yeah go for it there has to be some thought put into it and yeah forgive us for being a little bit gun shy of something like that right exactly and then you know and i like that you do get both you know you get all sides of the argument you get the sides where they're saying like this may be our only option this you know this may be the only thing that can defeat godzilla and then there's the side of we don't even know if this is going to work so they could drop the nuclear bomb and uh destroy part of japan and it not even actually work against godzilla and then what do we do so it's like you, i love that you get all sides of the argument and they and he takes it all in and kind of processes it and everything and i just love i love that he is this guy who has spent his entire term as prime minister with no real issues and then is all of a sudden just has one of the biggest things in the world dropped into his lap with Godzilla attacking mainland Japan. And he has to deal with that. And you get the sense of the, the, the just gravity of all of that on yeah. him. And it's, it's interesting because you're in the 80, in the 85 version, Steve Martin, uh, Raymond Burr's character is supposed to be the American equivalent or the Mer the American parallel to the prime minister. He's supposed to be sort of the conscience mm -hmm. um, from the American side because throughout the, throughout the movie. <clears throat> and I, I think he's, I think he plays more as a, of a skeptic than he does a conscience though, because anytime the Americans, the American military is like, well, why don't we just, why don't we just nuke him? Why don't we just do this? You know, mm -hmm. in that really overblown American hick accent that they did, which is irritating. Mm -hmm. Not all Americans sound like that, by the way. Um, <clears throat> but, um, you know, Steve Martin just sort of plays the skeptic mm -hmm. and he just kind of sets there and processes everything. And he's just like, our, anytime somebody brings something up, he's like, General, I'm not sure if that's going to work. I'm not sure if we can really stop Godzilla. I saw what happened in 1954, and this beast is is unstoppable. Mm -hmm. um, it was just really interesting the, the contrast. Now, I will say that I will say that uh, Kinji, or uh, I'm trying to think of the Prime Minister, the actor's name, <laughs> Kobayashi. Uh, Kobayashi uh, did it much better. Mm -hmm. Like I felt, yeah. I felt more emotion from him than than the american actors which um you know yeah it's just, it's just my take on it and even like controversial decisions that they do make that him and and the cabinet and the government make in the movie like you know putting a stop to any kind of stories in the news and stuff about godzilla the way that he portrays it the way that he plays that character you you understand where he's coming from. You like, you may not agree with his methods, but you at least understand why he's doing this. And like, and that, you know, he's not a corrupt government official. He's just trying to manage this massive thing that he was not prepared for. And yeah, it's, it's, it's 
such a great performance. Uh, the performances, I think, were good from everybody, um, but mm -hmm. his definitely stand out. Uh, some of the other things, we're, we're in our likes and dislikes now. So one of the other things I really like about uh, this movie is the cinematography. The cinematography oh, yeah. in the from the, the uh, attack of the sea lice uh, on the ship uh, was was great just just like horror you know very uh almost like slasher film kind of feel very up close and personal not i don't know if i'd call it body horror but yeah close yeah very very it, horror-esque um then there's the low angle shots as godzilla's in the city and you see like there's a shot that i really like where it's angled up you're you're looking up to Godzilla and then you have the laser beams from the mm -hmm. from the cannons going in both directions you know in front of him and behind him and it's just this amazing shot um mm -hmm. so yeah the cinematography in this is so great and you mentioned that scene that they edited they edited this the scene in the 85 version but where all of the people kind of gather around close to Godzilla's body when it's mm -hmm. when he's knocked out from the the Super X fight. Now, I have a question for you. Do you think that that scene was inspired directly uh by the King Kong 76 movie because there is a scene very similar to that at the end of that movie where Kong is laying uh on the ground and the crowd starts pushing in on him possibly but it's been a while it's been a while since i've watched king kong 76 honestly uh i think the last kong movie i watched was 33 because that was during it was in, and i and before that it was 2005 mm -hmm. or no that before that it was black and white 33 and then before that it was 2005 um but i can see why because i can see where you would get that because it's like there was there was a there was an underlying tone of tragedy in this movie where you felt bad, mm -hmm. like you were, you were supposed to feel bad for Godzilla. And I think that the, I think the onlookers in the crowd, that was sort like they're watching this battle unfold and they're watching this creature go down. It's not necessarily even a celebratory moment in the 84 version either. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's just sort of an it's, it's another somber moment for this movie and i think that is something that carries throughout this entire film and i think it's and i think it's enhanced by the score i know you didn't care much for the score but i really liked the score yeah for this movie i'm not a huge fan of the music the music seemed uh very generic to me uh and, oh. and it didn't seem it didn't really I don't know. It didn't wow me the way that like some of the Showa era uh, Godzilla themes and, and, and scores really just wowed me with the way they right. were done. And, the, and this one just was like generic. Like I, like it was just, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no Akira if Ifakube, but you know, it was still a, it was still a, a good score. I would rank this pretty high as far as, if we're just going to isolate it within the Heisei era, I don't know. This is probably second to maybe the Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two score. I think that score was really excellent. Uh, probably right under this, I would put Destroya and then Violante. I didn't care much for Violante's score 
Honestly, it was similar to this, but it was just to me the Biolante score felt generic. Mm, see, uh, and I, I I liked the the Biolante score, and I I didn't care for this one. I wonder if that has more to do with our biases towards the movies and less towards the the scores. It may because it may because you're you're bigger on Biolante than I am. I've sort of fallen out of love with Biolante mm-hmm. over the years, and, and more in love with uh return of and some others in the heisei era but yeah you know, it may be because of that um let's we're gonna do a few of our dislikes now uh, and then we'll sure. finish off on some more positives but um what did you I, what do you think of the godzilla suit because i have I, one of the reasons I've never been a huge fan of this movie is I'm not a big fan of the suit. I, and I know, again, I know I'm going to alienate a lot of Godzilla fans for this because a lot of people really love this. This is like their favorite suit. But I'm not a big I'm fan. Looking, okay. Okay. So I'm looking at right now on my desk because I knew because I saw your notes earlier and I and I put them on my desk for a purpose. Um, my 84... Uh, figure which is accurate which i think is screen accurate and the 54 figure which is also screen accurate honestly both of them are pretty generic looking dinosaur creatures like there's no there's really there's really no like i think it's the face i think it's the face that Mm -hmm. just sort of looks sort of generic aside from aside from just the big fangs there's really nothing all that unique about this godzilla um Although I will say I do like this Godzilla. It's not my favorite of the Heisei suits, but I like it more than, say, um, uh, the Space Godzilla suit would just look like a big blob of fat rolls. Um, and But I, I do like this suit. I like it because it's, it is it is unique. And I do, and another reason why I like it is because you can tell... Uh, that the suit designer was obviously trying to take some cues from 1954, uh, like right. low sloping, brow, low sloping brow, the, the, the huge fangs in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I couldn't tell if this Godzilla was just pissed off or if he was high. Honestly, I, I did not know because his yeah. eyes, <laughs> the position of his eyes were just so weird. Um, but I'm with fo- I'm with I'm in the category of I like the suit. Is it my favorite overall Heisei suit? Eh, not really. I think 91 is my favorite overall Heisei suit. Uh, but I I like this one. I actually like this one more than the Biolante suit. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. See here again. I, I like Biolante suit more. Um, and I, I actually have a I, I, there. If whenever we get around to reviewing Godzilla versus Biolante, there's a few details in that suit that I think um, are are unique to that suit that's not in a lot of other Godzilla suits. Um, mm-hmm. This one, I just don't I don't like. It doesn't have a huge personality. Um, it doesn't have like a lot of uh, life to it. It seems like a walking corpse almost to me. There's not a lot of you know life to it and, and and or personality and it's not a limitation on on the fact that it's a you know an, a, a real suit because a lot of the showa era ones had personality and this one just doesn't um 
I, I, one of the things that really throws me off on it too is the head size. The head is massive. The head is, is bigger than we normally see on a Godzilla suit. I think that's more obvious though in the Cybot because I know, um, I know there's a lot of folks that there are, there are people that talk about this movie and say they wish they would have went forward with the idea of using the Cybot. Mm-hmm instead of the man in suit because that's what they were going to do right early on they were going to have just this big animatronic godzilla but it never worked out in a in a in a believable way so they went back to the more traditional man right which is another parallel to the 76 king kong because they did the same thing with king kong they had this huge animatronic puppet and mm -hmm. it wasn't functioning so they went back to uh man in suit uh so yeah it's it's another parallel with that movie Mm mm-hmm yeah, it is. And I think the one scene that really sold me on this suit design, um, and it's the one where it's, well, the, the suit, the way the suit looks in his, in his reveal, when he's approaching the, um, uh, when he's approaching the nuclear reactor that it looks really good there. But the one scene that really sold me on it was the, the part where he is revived and he just, pushes the building down on top of the super X and he's backlit with that red light mm-hmm. and, and the flames. And he's just looking menacing. He's just looking like, he's just looking like pissed off. I just, I am, re- I am here and I'm going to level this place because you guys have messed with the wrong animal. So yeah, I think that's the scene that really, made me appreciate this suit design as far as this movie goes. I mean, there's other and, little things too. I think and the, see, and things the like, scene, the, like that scene that you're talking about, the things like that make me appreciate the cinematography because they managed to make the suit look good in that one shot. So okay. I think that was a decent a cinematography, but yeah, I, I, I put up an image online. I just saw my computer here of um, this suit next to some of the other, uh, Godzilla designs and the head is like twice as big or more than your regular normal Godzilla head size. And it's Mm. just so, it's so weird looking. I don't know. I, I, it's just, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the design. Um, you were going to say something else. It comes, it comes down to personal preference, honestly. Yeah. I can see why you, I can see why people don't like this suit. Um, like the muzzle, the 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 mouth area like you would get mm-hmm. like where we would get in that rest of the Heisei era that more traditional like cat otter like face this mm-hmm. is definitely a lot I will not say reptilian because it doesn't necessarily look reptilian either um if I had to critique this suit I would say that the suit version I want to say that the eyes maybe look a little bit too spaced out. Honestly, I'm looking at Mm -hmm. photos here too, as well. Like the eyes look a little bit spaced out a little bit too much, but it doesn't bother me because at certain angles, this, um, this suit looks great from certain angles. Right. Uh, And I think there's enough angles of this suit. I think there's enough good angles of this suit used in the movie to make me like it. Um, but you know, honestly, it just comes down to personal taste. Like I'm looking at the, I'm looking at another photo here of the of the scene from the. Re- I'm looking at the reactor scene when he's holding the reactor in his, mm-hmm. his hands, and, um, I mean, I just it's it's a slimmer design. It's uh, it's a slimmer suit. Uh, you're right. The head looks enormous. 
compared to the rest of his body, but I don't necessarily have a problem with that because I think his proportions are still pretty good. I wish mm-hmm. that I, I honestly wish his chest was a little bit better. I, I wish the chest area was a little bit bigger to kind of offset it. That's probably the only critique that I would make. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I do see um, some uh, deferial uh, toy versions of the 84 suit and it looks way better in toy form to me than it does <laughs> uh, in, in on screen. And, and I, and I, I, I feel the same way, and I know I'm going to get skewered again for this. I feel the same way about Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla looks so much better in toy form than he does on screen. I don't like the way he looks on screen. Um, so this, I don't know. This movie has a lot of this movie has a lot of parallels with with Shin Godzilla. This is the yeah, it does. This, it, this is this this movie is very similar to Shin Godzilla in in its not necessarily, of course, with the with the exception of the. Uh, with the Cold War undertones, I mean, it's pretty much exactly like Shin Godzilla. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it is very similar, I, I, and it, and it's 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 the return to form is is what it is. It's it's taking Godzilla back to what he was in 1954, and that's one of the things that um, I I learned when doing some research on this movie that uh, Tamayuki Tanaka uh, Tanaka uh, he. Uh, the you know producer of all the Godzilla films, he said that uh, one of the biggest mistakes they made in the Godzilla franchise was making Godzilla kid friendly and making him a hero. So mm-hmm. they really wanted to take Godzilla back to being a monster, something to be a f- to be feared uh, with this movie, and so, and that was kind of the same thing with with uh, Shin Godzilla. They kind of wanted to take Godzilla back to the horror side of him the more destructive and and something to be afraid of side so yeah anytime you have a godzilla return to form uh they they're very similar so yeah and it's you know it's 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 obvious that you know this movie was meant for us this movie godzilla in this film was meant to feel like a a tragic character mm -hmm. um and it is like you said it's sort of a a return to form from up to 1954 I, i think it's I honestly think it's a great sequel to 1954. Now, one thing that bugged me, and I don't remember if it's in the Japanese version, but it's definitely in the American version, um, because the dialogue is, uh, and it's in my dislikes, and it's something that popped up in the American version, and in the dub version, I don't know if this is in the Japanese version, you can tell me if it's somewhere in there, but it says... Uh, that well, they they tried to basically insinuate that this is the same Godzilla from 1954 because the dialogue ends with they never found the corpse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's and from in, Steve Martin. Yeah, in the movie. Yeah, and in 1954, that Godzilla is obviously dead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we see the skeleton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's obviously dead. But I I was able to ignore it because. Probably at this time, maybe not a lot of folks saw 1954, so they didn't know. Uh, this was for the at least the American audience. Maybe they didn't see 1954, 1956, uh, and just didn't know that that was a thing. And so that was just to add that little bit of dialogue was just added just to add, as a little extra bit of drama. Like, ooh, is this the same Godzilla that right. came back from the grave? Yeah, and and um, that is in the American version, not the Japanese version. In the Japanese okay. version, that's what I thought. It's left ambiguous on whether this is the same Godzilla or just another Godzilla 
so yeah they they it's left more ambiguous um let's uh let's finish off on a couple of of um positives and then we're going to get into fun facts um so i really like some of the action scenes in this movie uh one of the action scenes that i really like was the helicopter rescue um i think that was a fantastic scene i think it was done really well i think the tension was good and so Mm -hmm. that whole just scene was fantastic um what'd you think of that I thought it was good. And I thought the tension with, I honestly, I like that you brought up the word tension there because I really think that the tension in that was probably a lot better done than, um, than the, than the tension they built from when I think when the, when the uh, Russian or when the Soviet, um, when the Soviet rocket was launched because, or it's in that moment after the rocket was launched and the Americans sent out their own missile to intercept and there's just that really weird, it's supposed to be a tense moment, but it just feels kind of cheesy, like a 19, like literally like a 1980s action movie kind of cheese, a mm-hmm. uh, bit of tension there that it was just sort of laughable at times. Um, but I don't know about, I don't know how that, how you felt about that, but the back to the helicopter scene, that was a fantastic, I think that was a fantastic action scene. Um, another great action scene for me, at least as far as the, the, the battle with the, the super X was, was interesting. Uh, although, you know, Godzilla fighting just a, uh, a, a ship or something like that is never, I mean, there's only so much you can do with it. I wish honestly they would have done more with the super X than what they did. Um, <clears throat> uh, just overall, I think, you know, this movie is not the fastest paced Godzilla film. Uh, but it's paced, it's paced pretty well. And there's some good little, there's some good little bits of comedy in there mixed when there too. like the, the old hobo in the restaurant is, is funny. Um, and some of the humor in the American dub is okay. It's still kind of cringe inducing, but I'm able to look over it. Um, but let me ask you about what did you think about the bird storyline? Cause that is one thing that is a hot button issue with this. A lot of folks with this movie, some people think it's an interesting and unique idea. Other folks are just like, eh, I wish they would have done something different. Look, okay. There's a lot of pseudoscience mumbo jumbo, weird stuff in Godzilla films. <laughs> this is, it's not that bad. <laughs> like I, I get why people, and, and I was kind of in that camp for a while too. I was like, Oh, the birds, Oh, it's weird bird stuff. But then when I was like, but I mean, what makes that any, any different than any of the other Godzilla's? Um, and, and, you know, and, and I mean, well, thinking about the, the, it's basically the same thing with the Orca in King of the Monsters uh, from 2019. You know, it's the idea that they can cre- use the that the, these creatures use ultrasonic sound to navigate, to communicate, to whatever, and humans are learning to manipulate that to uh, for their advantage. So, I like it. It's not that bad. It's no worse than any of the other scientific mumbo jumbo. It's just that people tend to, I think, it's just that it's birds, and it's like. What? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think it automatically it just comes down to the fact that it's birds and it's pseudoscience, and it's not this big elaborate military plot like we've gotten in 
time right. in movies past. Uh, maybe if they could have done something a little bit different, maybe use the Super X to lure him into the volcano. But I don't right. know if that would have worked. Uh, honestly, I don't know if it would have worked as well. And we'll, we'll never know. Uh, it's sort of just it's sort of this movie's thing to have birds yeah uh, lure Godzilla i mean away. to be fair it, this this uh plot point is no more unrealistic than the oxygen destroyer from the original one true it is as you're right it's just that when you think of the oxygen destroyer because of the way it's described and the way it's uh, portrayed it's one of those things of it's enough mumbo jumbo pseudoscience to where it's like oh yeah this could be real and i just don't understand it whereas at this level it's like it's dumbed down to the point where no i understand it and that seems unrealistic well, you know, it's not like, and the way it's been described to me before is it's not an, it doesn't feel like an honorable death for Godzilla. Right. Right. And as, as, as silly as that, as silly as that kind of sounds, I get it. Mm -hmm. an honorable death for a fictional character. I get it. Right. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's an, like it's a, it's a good way to honor him and honor that character by having him lured into a volcano by birds. Instead, uh, uh, instead of destroyed by this complex world-ending weapon, right? Um, it just feel. I think that's one of the main things. That, I think that's one of the main problems. Right. Yeah, have. and you have the uh, the the in in fifty four. You have the the sacrifice that Sarazawa makes, mm -hmm. um, and and that he's taking the oxygen destroyer, the knowledge of the oxygen destroyer with him, because this thing is, yeah, we are forced to use this weapon that is more dangerous than even nuclear weapons, and could possibly create something worse than Godzilla, does create something worse than Godzilla right. uh, later on. And, and so but we're just backed into a corner and we have no you no no um choice in the matter right. that the the themes behind the use of the oxygen destroyer is there's no real theme thematic like um gravitas in yeah. the in using the supersonic uh, sounds to lure Godzilla yeah i mean it's and it's 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 established early on by both the by both uh, uh, Dr. Hayashida and Steve Martin, uh, it's established early on that Godzilla cannot be killed. Mm -hmm. He can be contained, but not killed. Uh, I guess technically, if you want to say uh, if you want to say that they defeated Godzilla, if it wasn't for Russian interference, you could probably make that argument. Um, but it is established early on that uh godzilla cannot be defeated he can the, the goal is to trap him because i it's i don't know what the converse i can't remember what the conversation looks like in the japanese version but in the Amer in the 85 it's they're i think they're going over they're either sitting down they're talking about so a volcano will be able to kill him and he's like no the volcano will not be able to kill him it's just basically there to trap him mm -hmm. it's basically just there to leave him in suspended animation or whatever, so that he can't be a danger to society anymore. Uh, in fact, there's a little bit of dialogue um, uh, that Dr. Hayashida uses in that scene I'm talking about. And it just goes like uh, the beast. He just, he's describing Godzilla. 
He says, the beast has a purpose. 30 years ago, Godzilla appeared for the first time. Before then, he was only a legend. Godzilla is a warning, a warning to every one of us. When mankind falls into conflict with nature, monsters are born. I'm just trying to send him home. So that is basically Dr. Hayashida saying that he's just trying to bring balance back to nature. And so by doing, by trapping Godzilla, possibly that would bring balance back to nature. And that's the way I understood it. Yeah. 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 And and that was a great speech and a great moment in this. So yeah, I, I, uh, it, I feel like there is gravitas in Godzilla's death, quote unquote death, not really death. Like you said, um, in this movie, but the, the, the thing they used to get to that moment was kind of flimsy. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I think that's the issue that, like you said, that's the issue that a lot of people have. Um, I actually uh, like the super X. I didn't when I was a kid, because again, I always liked Godzilla fighting other monsters and just fighting a, a, a flying tank wasn't all that interesting but as an adult watching this i actually kind of like the super x because i'm like it's so different than anything else there's nothing else like it i mean other than the super x2 and the super x3 but um yeah yeah i appreciate it for for doing something different for doing something uh unique so yeah i i liked it i thought it was i thought it was good i thought the battle was pretty pretty fun um looking at it as an adult yeah, looking, look, you know, probably as a kid, I'm probably, if I didn't have a little bit of nostalgia for this movie, looking back on it, maybe as a kid, I would, I would be like you. I would probably think this movie was boring because growing up, I really enjoyed the ones Godzilla versus something, um, not Godzilla walking around a city and then getting shot by a giant flying tank. That probably would not have, excuse me, that probably would not have, um, interests me even though i was a fan even though i was a Godzilla mm-hmm. fan but i always just enjoyed sort of the monster battles um themselves so i mean that's that's really all i got maybe one or two more likes uh we can cover if you want to if you want to jump into a couple more of your likes and uh, then we can kind of move I, I on think, into our i think we we've we've talked the movie enough um we can get into some uh fun facts if you want to cover some fun facts here because i have a few fun facts here that i want to um uh, talk about um, first first fun fact of course uh, want to mention this is the first in the Heisei era of Godzilla films the Heisei series um, but this did not come out in the Heisei era in Japan this movie came out in 84 85 uh, the Heisei period did not start until 1989 Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, was during the reign uh, or was when Emperor Hirohito died and uh, the his um, Akihito, his son, uh, took the throne. So right. something that I think uh, uh, and, and if in people who are not uh, who know Godzilla films but are not big into Japanese culture and stuff may not be aware of the way that these films are broken up with the Showa era, the Heisei era, all that is is how the Japanese uh, culturally, how they view time periods uh, going back. They, they um, even in the newspapers, they will have like uh, the number year uh, and whatever era they're in right now. They're in the way Rewa era because right. it's whatever emperor is on the throne uh, mm-hmm. starting from the Showa 
emperor uh, or the Meiji emperor actually was the first one to start that trend again. But um, yeah, so the Showa era ended in 1989 with the death of uh, Emperor Hirohito. But because this movie kind of relaunched the franchise after a decent size hiatus, this one kind of retroactively gets added into the uh, Heisei uh, series, even though it didn't come out in the Heisei period, the actual right. Heisei period. Um, right. That is interesting to me because uh, one thing that you see in Go the Godzilla franchise that you don't see in uh, other Japanese franchises when they do uh, divide them up into Showa, Heisei, and things like that is we have a Millennium series of films mm -hmm. uh, which you know was a completely different series of films because again Godzilla went on hiatus for a while but there was no Millennium Emperor <laughs> right so yeah. so the Millennium films are still Heisei films because they came out during the Heisei period the Heisei period didn't end until 2019 so, uh, so yeah, I, I find that very fascinating. So I'm just, I, yeah, they needed a, uh, they needed something to call it because like you said, there was a big time skip between, um, 1995 and 99 mm -hmm. with, uh, with Godzilla 2000 and, right. uh, so they needed to call it something. And I guess millennium just made sense because if you remember during 99, during Y2K, mm -hmm. everything felt like it was getting the word millennium mm -hmm. attached to it or 2K was attached to everything. Yeah. Well, Godzilla um, 2000, I think in, uh, in Japan is called Godzilla new millennium. I thought it was Godzilla 2000 millennium or Godzilla or 2000 millennium. One of Something. it has millennium. It has the word millennium in it. So, so, um, which is where we get the Mira Goji suit because of mm -hmm. the, the word, um, uh, millennium. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, so they just named it kind of after that. Uh, so I just find that fascinating because I'm interested in different cultures and the way cultures perceive things and do things. And so I just think that's interesting. And if you're not familiar with Japanese culture, you may not be, familiar with why these movies are divided up like that and just that little fun fact um another little fun fact that i found interesting is dragon ball creator akira toriyama uh was among the many extras in the film fleeing from godzilla so if you're a fan of dragon oh, ball cool. uh akira toriyama was in this movie and he is a huge fan of these kaiju films gamera godzilla all of them and you can see that in some of his um works like dragon ball or uh was it dr slum i think or uh, yeah something like that is his other is did that one ever make it did that one ever make it to us because i know dragon ball did because i i did watch dragon ball growing up yeah dragon ball dragon ball z all those made it but um but uh dr slump um i don't think made it to the u.s but it is uh it, it in those uh in a lot of those you see references to gamera and godzilla i mean uh in dragon ball Master Roshi rides on a flying turtle, which flies spinning around and, you know, in a circle, like, you know, how Gamera does. <laughs> um, another fun fact is that um, Akihiko Harada, uh, who played Sarazawa in the original uh, Gojira in 1954, was supposed to play Dr. Hayashida in this movie, but Hirata had become seriously ill prior to filming and eventually passed away. And so 
he was not able to play that part. And so then you get um, Yosuke, Natsuki, um, Natsuki, uh, who uh, played that part. But uh, in an interview later on, uh, Natsuki said that he would not have taken the role if he had known that Hirata was supposed to play the part because he would not have taken it. He did not feel like he could have filled Hirata's shoes, but they didn't tell him that until after he had already played the part. I think he gets an honorary credit in the, in the credits somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure he does. If I'm not mistaken, uh, that that's sort of a little fun fact there. Uh, one of the, one of the little fun, one of the fun facts uh, that's, that makes the 84 and the 85 different is at the end when Godzilla is falling in the volcano, there's an extra little roar there. There's an extra little screechy. Is that in the 80? Is that in the 84? If I'm not mistaken, there is a, scr a screechy, a more higher pitch screechy uh, roar in the, in the Japanese version too. Okay. So the, the, so the only, okay. So the only difference between the 84 and the 85 is the, the ending farewell speech right. to Godzilla from Steve Martin, the, that really heartfelt speech, um, you know, where it just, you know, where it just says reckless and in one little blurb from that speech is reckless ambitions of man are often dwarfed by their dangerous consequences. Um, and I think that is a good parallel from what sort of what Dr. Hayashida was, Dr. Hayashida's character was trying to tell us about Godzilla. And I think they shared a very similar, <clears throat> a very similar respect for the creature mm -hmm. and the prime minister. I mean, he just, that, that, he'll make you tear up at the end there because uh, everyone just brought the waterworks when Godzilla was falling into the volcano and he's just bawling because I think he just, I, I don't know. I, it's never really said if it's, if it's grief, if it's relief or if it's um, uh, uh, sorrow for the fact that this, that the creature is dead now or the creature is gone. So uh, there's, you know, it's treated as a tragedy uh, in every it, a Godzilla death in a, in a, in a movie is always treated as a tragedy, it, which is, which sets it apart from the giant monster genre in the Americas, where even in uh, the TriStar film, uh, there was a celebratory moment mm -hmm. when Godzilla finally died. And I, and that is one thing that I, that I do know that a lot of fans have a problem with because it's treated, it, it's seen as such a disrespectful moment. Mm -hmm. Whereas, in all the other Godzilla films, it's treated as a tragedy. Um, another fun fact um, that I thought was really interesting um, was that this Godzilla in this film makes uh, his way through some of the same locations that he did in the original 1954, but they look a lot different from the original film because, of course, it's been 30 years since the original one when this movie came out, and... Tokyo was a completely different city by that point. So um, one of the examples that I found online was Godzilla makes his way across the Tokyo Expressway, sinking into the concrete. Uh, in the original film, this had been a river with a bridge that Godzilla walked over. So that was just really interesting to me that, you know, that he walked through a lot of the same locations, but the city has changed so much. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting shot choices in those sequences as well. Because if you remember from the fifth, if you remember from 1954, um, 
there's a lot of those high angle shots that that you see the back of Godzilla's head and he's looking down on folk on on all the people running. Mm-hmm. There's several shots like that in in 84 that resemble 1954 uh that are direct references and the train scene in 19 the train scene in this movie has to be a reference to the train scene in 54 mm-hmm. where which which the only difference being uh, Godzilla picks it up in his hand and holds it and looks inside as opposed to grabbing it with his mouth and tossing it right aside. Yeah. And another uh, consequence of the fact that Tokyo has developed a lot in the 30 years is that this Godzilla had to be made bigger because, uh, you know, at the time that in 54, when the 54 one came out, uh, 50 meters was really tall and there was no, extremely tall buildings left in Tokyo so that he looked massive and could tower over all these buildings. But now in the eighties you had skyscrapers being built in Tokyo. And so they needed to raise Godzilla's height up a bit so that he still felt uh, massive when standing next to those big skyscrapers. Yeah. And there's a ton of, there is an, there's a ton of fun facts about this movie. And specifically there's a ton of fact, there's a ton of stuff that you can go in and, 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 and parse out with what was changed from 84 to 85. There's just too much there that we can get into. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to get a into lot of it that. comes to, a lot of it comes down to just shortened scenes in the American version, just for timing mm-hmm. and for just XP. I think, doesn't the 85 isn't the American version cut out like 20 minutes worth of footage to trim it down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like it cuts out a good bit. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest difference, which we, we talked about was the, the, the way that it portrayed Russia and the American um, yeah. governments and stuff. Um, let's get into our Godzuki score. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, we like to rate our movies out of Godzuki because what better way to review giant monsters than to use a, uh, or what more, what, what is more appropriate to review a movie about the tragic destruction of a city than a cartoon dinosaur that flies. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. We like to pay homage to the great Godzuki and embrace the silly side of giant monsters by using him as our yardstick in scoring these movies. So out of five Godzuki's Godzuki, um, I'm going to give the Japanese version of this specifically four out of five. I, I've, like I said at the beginning, I've never been the biggest fan of this movie. I never understood why people liked it so much when comparing it to other ones. It's just never been one of my favorites. After watching the Japanese for, version for the first time, which again, like I said, I thought I had already seen it, but apparently I have not. <laughs> um, I see now why people really like this one and why this is up there for a lot of people. I can fully understand it. It's still not one of my personal favorites Mm -hmm. of all time, but it cannot be denied how well made this movie is. It just, it is so good. And one of the things that I didn't mention in my likes that I, I think is great, especially in the Japanese version. I know people actually, this, this is may seem a little controversial, not controversial, but, um, I think that this is a tight film. I think that the script is tight. I think that they they there's no wasted space. There's no fluff in it. Yeah. In the Japanese version, I think every scene 
leads into the next. Every scene builds on the dramatic tension. Everything plays its part in the movie. And I know there's like people complain about the editing. I don't think the editing is as bad in this film as, as what people uh, have, have mentioned, like I've seen online. Um, and, and every scene adds to the theme and to the drama of the movie. So it's a very well scripted, very tight film. The acting in it was good, especially from the, the uh, prime minister, like we mentioned. And I think that the overall theme is good. The anti-nuclear theme is there just like in the original one. It's just done with a more modern eighties twist. Uh, this movie works as a cold war drama as well as a giant monster movie. And I think that uh, it, I don't think it captures the horror and dread that the original Godzilla film did, but it's still an excellent introduction to Godzilla for a new generation, which is what it was meant to be. Yeah, for sure. And also I'm going to go ahead and just say, I, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a four out of five as well. And I watch just, just to repeat, I watched the 1985 version. Um, but I think what you said still applies. I think that the pacing is, the pacing is good. It's well-written. It's well-acted. Um, I, I agree with you. We don't get the same sense of dread and anguish and really destruction that we got in 1954. Um, but this is a really, I think this is a really solid retelling or a really solid sequel to that original film. Um, I personally put this really high up on my list. It's, if not my favorite Heisei film, but it's really close to my favorite Heisei film. It might be tied with Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2 at this point, being my favorite Heisei film. Um, but, you know, I see why people love it. I personally like it. I think it's a solid, I think it, there is a lot to love about this movie. And if you don't, I see why people, there are aspects of it. I see why people don't like it, but I think this film pays a lot of respect to the character but reimagines it in a way that makes sense and that keeps you engaged because like we've talked about, the acting is solid. The script is The script is solid. Um, and I like the little callbacks to the original King of the Monsters from 56. The one that I grew up with watching. I didn't see the original Gojira until later, much later in life. Uh, not until my early to mid twenties that I see the original Gojira film. So I, the only version I had seen up to that point is the 1956 version. Uh, so I enjoyed the callbacks to that film with uh, Steve Martin, uh, Raymond Burr's character. Um, some of the other American actors were a little bit to be desired, but it was the, I can forgive it because they sort of tried to turn this into a 1980s, American action film, but with Godzilla, uh, to some success. I, I, I will say that it was a successful Godzilla film. Do I like the 85 version more than the Japanese version? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch the 85. I don't, I'd have to go back and rewatch the original version, but honestly, my final thoughts are this is a solid sequel to the original 54. I think everyone should enjoy it and make their own opinions based on what they want, based on whatever version you watch. So, well, uh, we are running into some technical issues for this episode, so we're going to go ahead and uh, end it there. We're glad that you guys were able to join us for this discussion of uh, Godzilla 1984 
1985. And uh, we're just going to say um, that uh, we just want to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Kaiju Weekly and at Kaiju Groupie Pod. That's me and Michael on Twitter. All of our social media links are in the uh, description of this episode, along with the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. Uh, and so if you want to send us questions, comments, or answers to our trivia questions, you can do that at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. And we also want to say a big thank you to Alex and Shijir for supporting us on Patreon. And uh, we also want to ask the trivia question that hints to next week's episode, which uh, is going to close out Godzilla month. We're going to close out, even though it's going to be at the beginning of December, uh, next week's episode, but we're going to close out our Godzilla month with our Millennium film. Uh, and the question is, which Godzilla movie was the first to feature a female suit actor as one of the kaiju? Yep. I'm excited for that one because that one's actually going to come out on my birthday. So happy birthday to me. Um, uh, and also, uh, if you're listening to this and you want to support the podcast, you can do so by going over to, uh, Apple podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. Like we say every week, you can criticize us all you want in the comment, just make it five stars worth. And we will read that feedback on a future episode. And what that's going to do is that's just going to put this show in front of other Kaiju and Tokusatsu fans, just like you. It's going to help us grow. It's going to help Travis see the goo eventually, maybe, and it's going to help us have really great conversations with other awesome people like we've been having so far yeah and so uh to close out this episode we're going to say help control the giant monster population have your godzillas spayed or neutered i wouldn't wish that on anybody nope <laughs> <laughs> bye guys bye. Bye.